2: Hey y'all, my name is Shan. Welcome to Cozy One Podcast. This is a series for Black fathers because Black fathers matter. Black fathers matter to me. Black fathers matter to my children. Black fathers matter when it comes to my brothers, um, my mentors, my friends. They matter because they set the tone for who our children look up to. They set the tone for how men, women, children, and other elderly people feel protected, feel like, you know, everything they've struggled for was for a good cause because they've seen who they've become. And I want to, I don't know, I just want to shine a light on them and hear from them in a perspective that sometimes goes unheard because no one cares to ask. Sometimes people look at fathers as if oh, that's nothing. They're supposed to do that. Why would we, you know, thank you for doing something you're automatically supposed to do? You shouldn't look for any, you know, praise or any uh thank yous for that. That's standard, that's the basics. You know, do what you're supposed to do. But when you have a father that's there that's consistent that's uh, available that's attentive that's caring that's thoughtful versus a absent father versus a father that thinks his life and his now is more important than the child's future um there's a difference there's a clear difference and i just want to show appreciation so uh this series i've interviewed many many fathers from different places different backgrounds and i really just want to pick their brains with different questions so um thank you for listening to cozy boom podcast and i hope you enjoy
0: Hey, hey, it's Anya Dula, and I am the host of Intercultured with Anya Dula. Intercultured with Anya Dula is a podcast that focuses on motherhood, culture, birth work, and travel, and it's just a place for women to come together to discuss our philosophies on motherhood to discuss our work and birth work if that's what we do but mainly to bring women of all different cultures together so that we can talk about how we mother how we hashtag do motherhood so that we can learn from one another and Learn to love each other. That's really what it's all about. I hope you'll join us. Intercultured with Anya Dula podcast is available on all the major podcast stations. I hope you'll join us. Can't wait to connect.
3: Here we go. Back to the show. Back to the show.
2: so we're just gonna um you are episode 22 okay um for cozy womb for black fathers matter series i wasn't expecting all these dads but i'm happy
1: that's a good (laughs) thing that's showing up
2: yes all these dads showing up which is evident in all these dads i'm talking to where they really show up in their kids lives But that is not something that's portrayed. So um, we're just going to dig into that. I have a few questions here. You can elaborate if you like. If you um, want to ask questions, that's fine. Uh, So let's just get started. So you are from where?
1: Uh, I am uh, from Columbus, Ohio.
2: Ohio
1: okay and what is your current age Uh, I am about to turn I'm 35 I'm about to turn 36 in three days on June 30th
2: nice
1: yeah yeah it's a beautiful thing well happy
2: early birthday
1: thank you thank you I am uh I I look forward to the years because I understand that some people they don't get to see 36 so it's a blessing so I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm excited for it That's good. How do you feel? How old do you feel? Um, You know, I I feel 36 and that's okay. You know, I I feel I've lost 30 pounds in three months. Yeah, I've been putting in work in this pandemic and and trying to stay in shape mentally, but Mm -hmm. also physically. So my body feels good, but I I feel good in my mind. My mind feels 36 and not being in my 20s and having the insecurities in my 20s yeah. being comfortable with right where I am at thirty six. So that makes sense at all. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. I like
2: that. Um and how many children do you father?
1: I have two children, uh, ages nine and seven.
2: Okay.
1: Are they both a boy, boy and, a and a girl? Oh boys and a, boy yeah. and a girl.
2: Okay, so you got the balance. You are balanced out.
1: Um by balanced out you mean I'm done. Yes, I am done having <laughs> That's it. Me too. Um, <laughs> that's it. I'm like two. You know, with the first child, my son, it was um, it was a a, a world changer for me. Mm-hmm. And but also realized how much it takes to have multiple children. And I know at two, I'm at my limit. Mm-hmm. And plus, I mean, as an educator and uh, what I do, mm-hmm. I have two biological children, but I have so many. You know, children. Uh, in the community and so my uh, my sort of need for parenthood and my and my wants I'm good with the two that I have and the hundred that are in the community. That's yeah. more
2: than I disappointed. Yeah. I'm I'm completely with you on that. I didn't get a boy and a girl, but I don't feel like that gamble's worth a third.
1: So
2: i keep the two not girls not I got.
1: <laughs> two like it, it, like my um, most people are like, why don't you go for three? Nah, because I don't want to get a minivan. I don't want to like. I, I still want some room in the back of the car. Like I want yeah. one spot to at least keep my book bag or yeah. something. Like I, I'm selfish in that way. I'm selfish. Like I need yeah. a spot. And so, yeah. but um, uh, but now two kids is wonderful. I I think that kids are such a blessing. And as a father, I'm still amazed when I look at them each morning. Like oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I have kids. And there's still a newness to it, and it, it is still a, a um, this it, every day is a new experience with them, and even more so during this you know pandemic in which we were home by ourselves. I was their teacher, I was their father, I was you know all these things on a heightened level for the for three months in a crisis, and so um, it, it was a a a life changing experience in the past three months being with them. I learned so much and hopefully they learn from me. That's good.
2: That's good. You got to take the negatives
3: and
1: turn it into something positive. I did. I did. And, and it was, um I had to make that choice early because I spent the first two weeks of pandemic life frustrated at the world.
3: Mm-hmm. And I was
1: really, I just had stress and anxiety and, and I had to make up my mind, which is why um, I took up running. I was like, I need to do something that's going to relieve stress. And so, mm-hmm. running five miles a day keeps my mind fresh, but also allowed me to focus on something, work on my body, but also have that energy to teach my kids. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so the time that I spent at home with them, I was a teacher, and we would have our lessons, and we would, we would learn and see them progress. Even as an educator, to see them progress mm-hmm. it was incredible. To see them grow and 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 learn, it was it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm.
2: So running became your deconstruction it became your decompression?
1: Running became, um, it, it, I decompressed by running, but also, you know, I, I told myself like, I don't want to die because I'm heavy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to have to fight sleep apnea. I don't want, there are some things that I have in control of my life even if the world as a black man, even if the world is coming at me, there's some things I can control when it comes to my safety and my livelihood. One of them is my physical health. And at the, at the weight I was last year, I was was at like 235 pounds Mm -hmm. and I felt it. I wasn't sleeping well. Um, my body hurt and, and I just ate, I was eating too much food uh fast food and, and sugars and, and snacks and things like that. So um I lost some weight last year and this year, being a home with the pandemic, I bought up all the snacks in the first couple of weeks and and I knew I was gonna eat them all. So I knew I had to go run. If not, if I wasn't gonna run, I was gonna eat them all. And so um running's been a blessing to shed some of this weight and just to feel better and knowing that I'm preparing myself for the greater move later on down the line. My body feels so much better.
2: That's good. So, my first question for you is, as a Black father, what choice do you make every day to fight the stereotypes that are out there in society? Like, what is, like, one main choice you make every day to do to fight the stereotypes?
1: You know, it's, um, I make a choice, like, especially with my daughter. I spend a lot of time investing in her we have very similar personalities and it's important as a father that I understand my daughter. It's important that I understand even uh, what she likes to eat, what clothes she likes. I mean, we go shopping, we cook, we, we bicker, we argue, um, but we love each other. So I make a choice to get on their level and especially get on her level and and see life in a different perspective and from her perspective. And, um, because I, I don't want to be the domineering parent that, that crushes your passions and crushes your dreams and, 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 and essentially uses my, my parental position to crush who you are as a young woman or even my son, a young man. Mm-hmm. I, I want, I make a choice each day to get on their level and understand them as human beings. Like even if you're nine and seven, I need to understand who you are because I need to learn from you. And my fatherhood is less about a position. It's more about the purpose. Like, yeah, I'm your father, I'm your dad, and that's my position. But but if I'm really going to take it to that next level, I really have to know you. And that's the purpose of this whole thing. All right. All right. And
2: while you're getting to know them, they're
3: getting
2: to know you. Uh, it works
1: they good. are. They're learning from me. And, uh, and they're picking up my good habits and my bad habits. And that is some of the frustration of parenthood. Yeah. Which is which is why i mean we both know we have to it's it's frustrating but that's where it's not about the perfection it's about the purpose like they'll get it and and i'm going to screw some things up but they'll get the the overall point of what i'm trying to do Mm
3: -hmm.
2: um when do you feel the most love as a father from your family
1: You know, I I think I feel the most love each night. Like, we are a family that's big on I love yous. Like, I mean, we say I love you, and we kiss every night. Every night, they know that dad is going to tuck them in, mom is going to tuck them in. And no matter how the day went, no matter if we got alone, because there's some days we just don't see eye to eye. Even as a 9-year-old and 7-year-old and parents, there's some days we just don't see it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, at the, the middle of the day, and, and at the end of the day, you will always get, and I love you. Mm-hmm. And so, and I love hearing that, you know, nine years later, seven years later, you know, I love you, dad, or or, um, or I love you, can you come and tuck me in? Like, there's it, something so refreshing. It's almost, um, they show so much grace. Children's, cho- children show so much grace to parents. Mm-hmm. And, and I learned from that. Like, how do you love me? When I didn't necessarily do the right things today,
3: mm-hmm.
1: how do you? When when I said this to you, I shouldn't have said it. How do you? How do you love me? And and so children can teach adults. Exactly. Adults can teach children. Like it's a learning experience. It's mutual. And uh, and so I look forward to those moments at the end of the night. Like everyone's tucked in, everyone has, and I love you. That brings me joy. Hmm. Good. What was growing up with
2: your dad like?
1: Um, growing up, my father was um it was good. I mean, I learned a lot from my father. My father was a hardworking individual um, who who was in our house in our lives. He made a choice to be better than his father. and and my grandfather is someone who recently passed, um and he he died last month, and I was at his funeral. And I told my father, like, I don't know how to feel because I don't know him. And and because there's nothing, I, I can't think of one thing that he passed down to me when it comes to knowledge, when it comes to conversation. He made a choice to check out, to check out, out of all of our lives. Oh, wow. And so there was no connection. And so in, in especially as the, uh, as the patriarch of the family, to live to almost 90 and yet you don't pass anything down because you hoard on to it. And so, um, my father, having grown up with my grandfather, made a choice to be better than that, um, and and to to invest in his kids a lot, into my brother and I's life, and to uh, take us places, and to get to know us as individuals. And so, um, life with my father was was good. We had our ups, we had our downs, but one one of the things I can count on is that even as he's sixty and I'm in my thirties. Um, I have a better understanding of my father now than what I ever have in mm-hmm. terms of what it's like to be a father and to understand that ultimately your children see you as Superman, but they almost have to see your Clark Kent moments and realize that you were more Clark Kent than Superman. And that crushes yeah. your children, <laughs> but it's, it, it's, it crushes them, but it, but it's healthy for you because you don't have to live up to that standard of perfection. Um, you can you can embrace your Clark Kent in your in your moments of humanity, and so I see my father in a lot different light than what I did back then, and I, and I'm so appreciative of him.
2: That's good. Um, I don't know. It's just like a natural thing to think that you know your parents know everything, and like my six year old, she is asking like, "How do you know everything?" I was just like, "I don't know everything. I just know more than you at this point."
3: But your kids
2: are gonna get to a point where they know more than you and then you're gonna have to trade. You're gonna have to become the child and they're gonna have to become the teacher. And that's just how life is set up. Uh, To just have a lot of wisdom and choose to keep it to yourself is very selfish. But again, your dad made a choice to be better than his father. which made you a better father and then your other siblings. So it's kind of like, you know, thank you to your dad
1: for yeah. being,
2: being that change that made you become better as the generation mm-hmm.
1: went on. Absolutely. Ooh, like, he'll, tell us, um, he'll tell my brother and I that we are much better fathers than, than he was.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And
1: I think it's common for fathers and really for parents to compare each other um, and, and, and say, like, even with my kids early on, like, I want you to be a better father than I am. the comparison game isn't healthy like he did what he did with the tools that he had and 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 he has to embrace that and I think that's something he's learning to embrace and that's something that I'm gonna have to learn to embrace as a father I don't have all the tools that's some that's part of the frustrating elements of fatherhood and really parenthood you don't have all of the tools but the tools that I did have I tried to give to you Mm -hmm. and 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 if I didn't have the tools, I tried to build a community of people around you that had tools that were different from mine. And and you're always going to lack something. But parenthood requires that faith of knowing that your community can supply what you don't have. And so, um, and so, yeah, I, I'm greatly appreciative of my father for setting a legacy of good fathers, of of men that want to be fathers. And, and not just a not just a father, but a dad and and, and, a, and a loving father and, and a person of wisdom within the household. Like I do, I'm I'm very much so appreciative. Good.
2: How do you want your kids to remember you?
1: Um, I want my kids to remember me as a person that was willing to apologize. Mm.
3: That
1: that being a father, I want them to know that I make mistakes and that's okay. And that when you make mistakes, you can learn from them, that they don't have to be so crippling, that they can be actually tools of growth and tools of humility. I want them to look at me and see like, like they, they, they have a chance to meet my students. And they're always amazed at how many people know me in the community and, and they know that I'm an important person in people's lives and they, they like that. Um, and and so I, I really want them to know that, hey, I make mistakes. I'll apologize. But also I believe in people, man. I believe in investing in people. I'm a person of impact. I talk to them each day about making wise choices and also finding ways to make impact within their classroom, within their, uh, with their classmates, and, and changing somebody's day. Like, like I, I'm trying to teach them that you can change someone's day by your actions. You could change someone's life by taking that moment in which you see that someone needs help and you can change their life, change their outlook just by sharing your heart. And so um, I hope to see that I am a dad of, that, of humility and a dad of investment. Like I, I I try I try I really do I try to be humble and I and I want to invest in people.
2: You you give more to them and you give more to others, so um, they can see that in no way shape or form you are selfish while living.
1: Yeah, they they I want them to see like even today um, I, I bought my daughter some shoes and like in the the. The look that she had on her face, like, oh my gosh! She bought me these shoes. They're like basketball shoes. They're black and pink. Steph Curry's, and and um and they light up because she likes things that she likes things that light up, and and like that's what a father is like to me. It's not about the shoes. It's about knowing that you like black and pink, and that you like uh, things that light up. And it's not about the gift, but I know you as a person. I know you as my daughter. I know that you like this food and that you like this color and you want to wear this and and like i know you as a person you're more than just my child you are a human being you are you are a person that i need to know and that i that i need to learn how to figure out and and embrace so yeah that's
2: good. um how has being a father helped you discover your best quality
1: you know, it, it's done both. It helped discover my best qualities and my worst qualities, ah! and so, um, yeah, it, it, it's uh, it it magnifies the fact that I get frustrated too easily,
3: yes.
1: that I am a control freak, and um, and that and I get that from my parents, and that frustrates me even more because it's like that's the negative thing that that I inherited from from perhaps both of them, and so I have that, and so. It highlights the things that I don't do well. Mm. But being a father also um, highlights the fact that I'm a person that loves, man. I, I, I love, and, and I'm a quiet person. I'm not the most expressive person, but I love my people. Mm. And, and, um, and they know that, that dad will go to the store in, in the middle of the night for some Lunchables they know that um like they know that I will go it's not even the extra mile I'll just do what I need to do as a father to make sure that they have everything that they need when a couple years back um I used to believe that that I needed to teach them so much in the event that I die in in the event that I pass away unexpectedly so life was all about moving quickly and let me show you this and let me teach you a lesson every single day and 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 it being just so regimented and I learned like a year ago I have to slow life down Mm -hmm. and that I can't necessarily live and 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 give them advice for the fear that I would die early but I need to live a life that's slow enough to, to appreciate the moments and 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 to teach them at a pace that does not burn them out yeah um because it, you know even in being a, wanting to be a good father sometimes you can want to be a good father but your message doesn't come across that way because yeah. your delivery is too brash or your delivery is too hard and, and everything turns into be it turns out to be a, a chore i'm learning how to step back and and not allow life to be a chore for them and for me because because both we both don't benefit from it right
2: can't have us all burnt
1: out at the same time man listen <laughs> i tell them i tell them all the time what's funny is like i tell them like um i know i'm getting on your nerves because mm-hmm. i'm getting on my own nerves like mm-hmm. i know when i'm getting on my nerves like okay aaron shut up shut mm-hmm. up you don't need to say anything else and still i will say something else and it's like grow up aaron grow yeah. up like that's parenthood where where you know you're, you know you're not doing it perfectly and their grace they have so much grace like I said earlier their grace is still like you know what dad I love you and I love you you know even though you make mistakes I love you even though you don't always say the right thing I I love you even though you get frustrated like I love you and they know the same thing for me like I love you even if you don't do this like I just love you and, and, and no no conditions. I, without conditions, I just love who you are. And so, um, yeah, those are the moments that that are so frustrating, but they're so teachable for both kids and parents. And, and I try to embrace those.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: my girls, they
2: always come to me like, Mom, don't worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like,
1: thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want you to be more mature than I am. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but it, it shows you it shows that like that they are getting the message and, and I hope that they get the message earlier than I did
3: mm-hmm. like
1: they the amount of grace that they show people or the, or the amount of love like they love my kids love to be around their cousins and 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 they they miss their cousins because they're around them so much They their cousins uh, and they almost grow up like siblings they're that close and so I love that because that's the environment the community that I surrounded them with and, and um, kids are amazing man it's just, it's just amazing to be a father nine years later seven years later like I'm still I still learn something from them each and every day
2: yeah that's good stuff can you give some good dad advice for a new dad
1: new fathers you know it's, it's a um, it's an incredible time to be a new father Listen. like we are, we are we are in a point in history in which in which we need fathers to create leaders we need mothers to create leaders and we, we need fathers to create leaders and so this is the perfect time to be a new father but it's also a great time to to make a choice to um, live in anxiety live in depression, and being a being a father is almost because we don't talk about it much. We we talk about the 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 great aspects of being a father, but we don't talk about those moments in which you know that you're losing your mind, or mm-hmm. you know that 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 you don't have all your tools, and and you know that you don't have a community of support, and and you're you're drowning in your own decisions, and we don't talk about those moments. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage a new father to to learn how to slow down Mm
3: -hmm.
1: and and to learn how to embrace yourself, embrace self, you know, even more so than you embrace fatherhood. Fatherhood takes some time to embrace and you won't get it the first day out because you're often too critical of yourself to really embrace the role of fatherhood. And so slow down, Build up a support group, a, a community of, of men that are fathers that, um, that can help walk you through the process and the pains and the purposes of fatherhood. Um, those are hard to find, mm-hmm. but they're out there. And so whether it's a podcast, whether it is a, um, a, a, a meeting group, whether it's a brother, an uncle, a grandfather, a father or whoever it may be. You got to find your source of people that can positively invest in your life because fatherhood can be an extremely lonely place and an isolating place, even for the good dads, especially yeah. probably for the dads that want to be good. And that's so odd, but you have to, you have to find your community support and, and, and your resources, of people that will pour into your life.
2: I think what you just said poured into this next question. Um, so fill in the blank, more dads need awareness in these three things. So what are those three things that more dads need awareness in?
1: Um, mental health. Mm-hmm. Mental health. Um, we, we have to, we, we need more awareness when it comes to what's going on in our minds. I think black men have been through so much. We fought fights, that we, we're fighting fights that we don't even know are there. That, that historically, we are reaping, um, we're reaping the cause, we're reaping, you know, the, we're fighting a fight that our grandfathers and our fathers and our, and our great grandfathers have fought mentally, and so we have a lot going on in our minds and we have to be able to sort of piece through, and walk through that mental health bit and that mental health piece because as Black men, we don't venture down that road because it's too scary and, and it's still taboo for Black men to get therapy. Yeah. For Black men to talk about what's going on. we rather talk about LeBron and, and the NBA finals and, and everything else aside from what's going on on the inside of us. Mm-hmm. And so we definitely need more awareness when it comes to mental health. I think we also need more self-awareness. Like, who are we as people? Who are we as men? Not what society says that we are. But who exactly am I? It took me into my thirties to really embrace who I am, and wow. and because I, I felt like I never really fit in, I was always um my my sort of mindset is different, and and I grew up um, more so more middle class, way more middle class than a lot of my black friends. So um so in some ways I wasn't black enough to be black, but I dang sure wasn't white. Right, and so it's like. It took me to my 30s to realize like maybe it's not for me to fit into society but maybe i'm just okay being me and 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 you know the quirky side of me the quiet side of me and the the introverted side of me the artistic side of me like all of these things are me and instead of running from them i should embrace them and so we definitely have a more of a uh awareness of self and i also think that we need an awareness of um of just how powerful we are, as a fathers, we are so powerful in the investment of into the lives of our children, and in in of you know in our communities, we are powerful individuals. I think oftentimes the world tries to strip us down of our strength, and and um, but we are powerful, and we have the opportunity to change and influence lives around us but will we do it? Will we do it? And um, and so I hope that men embrace the power that lies within them.
2: Mm -hmm. Like even you saying the mental health part, you know, things black men fight each day. Even when black men do talk amongst each other about it, it's in like a tease fashion. Like no your your dad this x y and z or your mom this or you can't do this and it's kind of like are you teasing because that's where you're comfortable at in the comedy of it or are you teasing because you want to deflect the question being asked to yourself because you're uncomfortable with speaking about it and I see it with my nephews where they tease each other And most people would say, oh, it's a boy thing. But the things that they're teasing each other about or are like things that they're noticing about their personalities that are different.
3: Yeah. So like as
2: an aunt, I'd be like, be quiet or like stop, you know, talking to him about X, Y, and Z. Because as a young boy, if you don't really know how to go through your emotions, that can blow up into something that it doesn't need to blow up into. So I try to get to the head of that issue. And I'm, I'm sure you see that dealing with a lot of young kids also where they have issues that they don't know how to tackle that someone may tease them about. And you just see them like building up yep. before they pop. And yep. um, I try to get ahead of that.
1: <laughs> the pain, I mean, it's real because, you know, I, I think sometimes we don't know that we're in pain and we're like, why, why am I waking up heavy? Because we, I mean, especially as black men, black women, we are birthed in a country of, we are almost birthed in pain. And, and and we don't know, we're birthed into trauma. And so our hearts are so heavy. And so I do, I see things like that and it breaks my heart. I, I went down to, uh, for Father's Day, I went out to dinner. And then I went, you know, to a protest to the George Floyd protest in our downtown in Columbus. And for me, it was just an observation of fatherhood. I, I was looking around and I saw um, young black men, young black women in pain. And and I saw passion, I saw passion. And, and, and they're aware of what happened to George Floyd, but they're reacting out of their, they're reacting in pain and and almost doing things to incite I don't want to, I hate using that word, but almost on things of self harm, because they don't because they don't know how to react out of their pain. They don't know what else to do with their pain. And what, did, so, you,
2: did, did you see? Sorry. Did you the um? Because what you're saying right now is basically what this is. Did you see the three generations of black men that were at a protest? I can't remember what state it was in. Where the older guy was like, "Yeah, you know, riot, burn it down, burn it down." and then you have the young teenager that's just like filled up with all this aggression and pain and just anger and then you have the one in the middle that's like probably in his late 30s, early 40s that's just like can't you see that that's not helping anything? Yeah. Can't you see that we're not getting anywhere. He he's still mad at stuff he went through at your age. You're yep. mad at things that he went through at his age. We can't do it this way. There has to be a different way, and that was basically what you're saying.
1: It's powerful. It's crazy. It, it's powerful. I mean, I yo, I saw that, and it's like I, as a thirty-six year old, about to be thirty-six year old man, the reason why I go to protest mm-hmm. is to have those conversations because because when I go. And maybe some of the days that I went, I don't see men my age there. Mm -hmm. And maybe we're at work, maybe we're at work. And I know that there's some days in which men do show up, but maybe we're too busy. Maybe sometimes we feel like we're too old to protest, but I go down there so that young men and women can not only see my face, they can see my gray hair. They can see my beard, the salt and pepper, but they can also have a conversation with me. And I can have a conversation with them because there's wisdom that has to be shared it's it's i I told um you know my my students that you know i i'd rather march with you by my side than have to march with you with with your name on my t-shirt and a hashtag like i'm trying to stop hashtags i don't want to see any more young black old black hashtags or rest in peace whoever that's why i march like this is more than just a hashtag for me. This is a, uh, as, I, as I say, like this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. I've been in this marathon for all my life. Mm-hmm. And so we have to, as, as fathers, we have to be willing to respect the passion of the youth, mm-hmm. but also share some wisdom, share the wisdom that we have within and sort of help them guide that because we talked earlier about burnout. That passion right there, that, that that sometimes is displayed through anger will either burn those kids out of life or cause them to do something stupid to have someone take their life. And that and that's heartbreaking.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was uh when I saw that I'm just like I don't have nothing to say because it is the to the point where we need another plan. But the same passion that the kids today had is the same passion that you know people in like their forties and thirties had at their age. Yeah. And sure. then another issue is there are people in their 50s, 40s, and late 30s that can share wisdom, but for some reason they feel like, one, it doesn't matter, two, why do I have to and I don't know them and I don't owe them anything yeah so, you have, uh, so you have a gap of men and women that have no guidance that either have to want to research it or want to be angry through it
1: and uh, yeah. that's the issue you know I'm going to say something's probably going to get me in trouble since we're talking about fathers mm-hmm. and we're talking about black fathers mm-hmm. but I think that sometimes what happens in the black community is that we don't Like you said, we don't necessarily freely give advice at times. We feel like we always have to earn everything. That if I give it to you for free, you didn't earn it. And so we almost allow people not necessarily to drown. We won't allow people to drown. But we don't mind if the water gets about nose high so that you feel like you're drowning. And then we'll come and rescue you with the advice. And it's more in a way of, I told you so, or why didn't you do this? Yeah, Like, we have to get i I don't even know if it's getting back but we have to invest early
3: Mm -hmm.
1: the investment that i'm talking about as a father in terms of sitting down with my kids and apologizing at two and one will be tools that they can use when they're 30 and 31 right like if you don't see yourself as a vessel to as a vessel to invest Mm -hmm. early it's going to be difficult to do it late and those that never have, never will. I fully believe that those people, those fathers, and those men who don't who make a choice not to invest, maybe don't have anything to give, and maybe it's better that you don't invest. Maybe, or maybe you need to learn how to. But we have to do something because we're we're locking up wisdom, and perhaps we're locking up wisdom, the wisdom that we have, out of pain, mm-hmm. out, out of pain. To, But we have it in us. Yeah, We have it in us. We just have to share it.
2: Yeah, that nobody didn't give me anything mentality is going to scar like three generations of people who could have stopped something they weren't supposed to be doing the first time, not the fourth time. And uh, it's just unfortunate that some people do think like that. But it is a decision. And um, I think we all need to be like, on the same focus because other cultures, they don't even give their children the room to fail. They don't give them the space to think otherwise. And even if you think they're gonna fall, they're gonna fall onto something that's halfway to the fall. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, why do we feel like we have to make each other hit rock bottom? and then wait and then see somebody needs help and then wait for them to come to you and be like, I need help.
1: I think because we look at each other as labor. And and I think that's that's one of the byproducts of being enslaved and mm. that we, we look at each other as you have to work hard for this. And then when you say those phrases, like you have to work hard for this, you're, you're saying that you have to labor for this. And white people have consistently looked at Black America, black Americans and Black men and Black women as labor. And we almost take on that same mindset of, you have to fight for this. You have to work for this. You have to do all these things. Why can't I just give it to you? Mm-hmm. What? Why do I have to, why do I make you jump through all the hoops that I had to jump through? What pleasure would I get out of that? Mm-hmm. And so we have such a labor mentality of, of hard work as opposed to smart work. Um, at, at, at my job, um, one of the first compliments I feel like a lot of white Americans give black Americans and people of color, they're, they're such a hard worker. They don't talk about our mind. They don't talk about the college we went to. But it's always something labor focused. And so that's been an eye opener for me. Like, yo, I, I don't. I'm not a hard worker. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I have, and these are the things I have to show my children that you don't have to work hard for everything. Working hard is not working smart.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And some things should just be given to you because it's free advice. I love you. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Well put. What are four values uh, that help you be the best father to your kids?
1: Um. Honesty. Um I think to, Yeah, <laughs> honesty. As a as a father, man, I've screwed some things up. I just have. And and there's nothing I can do to sort of erase that. But be honest. And, and and be honest and highlight my, you know, bring up my highlights, but also bring up my downfalls because I don't want them to go through some of the things that I went through. I, I would hate for them to hit a, to hit a, a valley in their life and then, then, and then all of a sudden I come up to them and say well I went through the same thing too you don't need to go here and here's why like you don't need to go down that road and here's why so being honest and transparent um, I think another thing I value is family we have a I have a a, a beautiful family and a family of support my kids have aunts and uncles that are in their lives of course they have a mother and father they have um they have grandparents they have great-grandparents they have cousins they have um they have great aunts like they have a they have such a community of family within seven miles of one another that they value their family because their family values them and so I'm a big family person. I love to get together with my family and just, and just share and laugh and, and, and give them that support um, that they'll need. Um, I think another thing that I, another value um, is investing in people. You know, just, just, just being a person, a leader that, that is willing to take the extra moment to change someone's day. Um, and to have that power to change someone's day. My daughter likes to write cards and make cards up that say something like, I love you, I believe in you. And she'll walk around the store and hand them to people. That's sweet. And it's, and it's dope. <laughs> it's like, that's stuff that I believe in. She gets that from me. Like, let me just hand out, I love you. And, and it's funny because sometimes people will be like, no, thank you, I don't want the card. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it frustrates her. Like, why why don't they want my I love you card? It's because their adult mind causes them to miss the moment.
3: Mm-hmm. They miss
1: the moment of change because we could become rigid in our ways. And I tell her, just find someone else, find someone else. And so um, they both understand that they can create impact, and and that's um, so important. Um, and another thing that I value is um, freedom. Freedom. I, I, I want them to be creatively free to be whoever they want to be and and um i want them to have times which they listen to me as their father but also have times in which they listen to themselves as individuals listen to their intuition because i'm not always right and so i want them to be free to walk in the path that that they know lies within them i can only see so far and in my job, my role as a father is to help them see who they really are, but ultimately help them see for themselves. And so I, I, I want them to have that freedom to exist in the space they feel most alive and, and not necessarily go for the job or the position or, or or do this because it's the most clear path. I want them to take some steps of faith and really find out who they are as individuals and walk in their true purpose as my son and my daughter hmm. so,
3: good.
2: so my last question for you is um, something that I think a lot of black fathers may face and may not know how to approach it but is there any time in society as a black father that you feel unseen or uh, dismissed the most when it comes to like father
1: your kids, I mean, all the time. I mean, if that's oh. it, it's either the it's a mix. Okay, so I'm either going to be unseen or the spotlight or the spotlight is going to be on me too much. Mm-hmm. And so, um, something as simple as going to the grocery store, and both of my children have lighter complexion than I do, and people will come up to them even on walking. By them, right, like right by them, and they'll they'll ask them. Excuse me, are you two lost? Where's your father? Where're your parents? That's not okay. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's both black people. It's both white people and black people. And it, mm-hmm. and it's and it's almost as like as a father. It's like you're not used. I'm not the help. I'm not their maid. I am their father. and, and it blows your mind that I am right here.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and um and it's and it's a shame and it's frustrating and so oftentimes as a father I I can feel like I'm overlooked or if um or if I go up to my kids school and and the teachers don't address me it's like why aren't you addressing me well you you would rather address their mother you would rather call their mother I'm their father like I can be number one on their emergency contact list it's okay He's okay with it. I work yeah. closer. It's it's okay, it, it, and so it it can be it can be frustrating, man. It can be really frustrating to be overlooked in society, be because ultimately I'm mean, I just I just want to be I just want to be a good dad. I just want to be a good dad, man. And 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 I think there are a lot of men out there that that have to uh, sort of embrace the, the challenges of being a father. I, I, as I said earlier, it's isolating. People aren't necessarily there to sort of help you through it. Um, you don't have all the tools. Society overlooks you. Hmm. Like, it's almost set up for you to fail as a black father. It's almost set up for you to fail. And that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse, but the system is almost set up for you to fail but you have to fight through it even if you are overlooked even if people don't understand why you do certain things i was buying my daughter some underwear at target and a lady came up and asked me what are you doing over here yeah i know right like i'm buying like what I yeah i don't need to i don't need to tell you and she wants to go and she wants to get security Cause I'm trying to buy like and, and so it it's those are the elements of fatherhood, a black fatherhood that can be so frustrating. Like I'm just trying to be a good father. Either you overlook me or you put the spotlight on me in a in a in a way that does not fit. And you're trying to highlight something that's not seeing. happening. Something that's not happening. Something that's not that's not close to happening. Yeah yeah man it, it could be frustrating but you gotta fight through it. it it's just part of the it's just part of the path and and, um, and it hurts you have to acknowledge the hurt in order to move on to a place of healing
2: Ooh, because you know you think about that on the other side like if I had a son and I was in the boys underwear section you would never question me so it's a life that black men go through as fathers that's very like unseen unheard and blindsided and thank you for sharing that because it just makes you think about was there any time where you assume something about someone because in your mind they shouldn't be there
1: yep, it's yep. Just like, the, the skin this, complexion thing always it always gets me because it's like and i expect more out of black folks like i mm-hmm. probably have more african-americans walk up to my kids and say you know where are your parents Where's your, where's your parent? Yeah. And they're like, he's right here, like one foot away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, it, dads are almost overlooked. Um, we're, we're and our roles are almost watered down and, and, and there's some except, exceptional dads out there that want to do incredible works, but it can be frustrating. It, it just, it just can be. I know women face another, uh, another type of pressure, and and together as black men and black women, we have to communicate these types of pressures yes. that we face each and every day to work through, as and not tear us down, um, because we both face the wrath. Yes.
2: Yeah, I I used to be the um, the nanny or the babysitter for at least I want to say a year and a half of both of my girls
3: mm-hmm. because
2: mm-hmm. you know maybe their hair looked like. They should be of, you know, this culture. Or maybe they just look like they shouldn't have belonged to me. And then, like, when my friends would have them, and I would be there, they'd be like, oh, your kids are so cute. And like, actually, she's a mom. (laughs) And it's it's crazy. (laughs) It's madness. But, you know, I think the more we talk about it, the more, um, you know, things like what you said is heard then I think people have no no way but to check themselves because some things you don't need to say some things you just need to sit back and observe and you'll learn a lot more instead of just being ignorant and I just want to say thank you for always sharing your insight on a black introvert podcast it's 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 like peeling away your layers of what you're learning about yourself by listening yeah. to your episodes. And as a father, it's a choice to always be better, and you're honestly always being honest about yourself through the podcast, so I'm just um, very grateful that you're just sharing, because a lot of men don't share.
1: No, thank you. Thank you. We, we, we just celebrated, I just celebrated a year doing the podcast, and, and it's, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm like that's what's up in a hundred some odd episodes, and it's amazing, and I'm happy that I persevered, mm-hmm. and I'm happy that people respond to it. Like I never thought that people would listen to anything I had to say, mm-hmm. and and to hear people like yo, I, I recognize that sounds like me. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I'm I'm grateful, man. This is this is a it's it's God, man. This is faith, and it, it's beautiful. So thank you. That's good.
2: That's good. Well, thank you for sharing with Cozy Moon Podcast. Hopefully, you can help some dads out there wondering if somebody is going through the same thing they're going through. Um, the whole point of this is to share a black man as a
1: father's perspective, and uh,
2: I'm happy to do it.
1: And I'm happy to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.
2: you guys enjoyed the episode please follow us follow us as in me (laughs) at cozy womb pod on twitter please follow the facebook page at cozy womb podcast i need some feedback about these episodes um i've been doing episodes since 2018 i want to say march and um i feel like In 2018, it was a lot more feedback that I was getting from the episodes. And now I'm kind of really wondering, like, what do parents or soon-to-be parents or listeners um, need from, like, other parents? Or what do you want to know? Or um, what are you mostly uh, curious about um, that you would like to be talked about um, that's not talked about enough? and uh if i can if i have an experience with it i would love to share it i'm really curious on what it is what is it that i haven't shared or i haven't done an episode i feel like i've touched bases on most things the only thing that i haven't touched base on um purposely is um, women who have had miscarriages because i've never experienced that um and I don't like to do episodes on things I haven't experienced because I don't know what that's like. But um, if you guys would want to share any feedback, please um, check out the Cozy Womb Podcast Facebook page and uh, the Twitter. DM me on IG at Cozy Moon Pod. Uh, I answer my DMs frequently. Um, if there's any podcasters out there, or anyone that is interested in any type of um, branding of their you know, product, uh, I don't mind adding it into the show if that's something you're interested in. Just please email me at cozywombmama at gmail.com. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Would love your feedback. If this is a show that you're interested in, please subscribe. And please leave a review on Apple Podcasts app. Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator